What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Oh my fucking God, fam, I am in America. I'm in America. I'm in Austin, Texas. I have not been back to America since I was a child and I've never been to Austin, Texas before. Absolutely live, lit, on fire. How exciting. I have just spent the most incredible weekend supporting the Bridge Experience ran by Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. I literally traveled here specifically to be able to support this work. In these rooms, I feel so on purpose, so lit up, so aligned, so on fire. I feel so tapped in, tuned in, connected to who I am and why I was put on this earth to walk this path to deliver my gifts in the way that I do. So people might think, it's so fucking weird that you're going to the Gold Coast, going to Austin just to like chase them around like a little groupie. Literally, I get to learn and be a student and be a leader and be with my soul community and be with all the people that I connect with online. It's just, it really touches my heart in such a beautiful way. And it's so fun that I get to witness humans literally breaking through their bullshit. We get to dance, move our bodies, be in community, do things that are great for the benefit of other humans and humanity. It's just fucking amazing. And I love it. 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 I can't tell you how much I love it. Oh, and it's interesting that this episode is dropping today because I literally recorded this episode the day after I got back from the Gold Coast after supporting the Bridge Experience over there. And I really share with you my life pre-Bridge Experience and my life post. And I talk about how I've managed to navigate my way through everything that's shown up for me. I really get to powerfully use the iceberg analogy to explain herpes shame. And where we can go so wrong when it comes to really focusing on the tip of the iceberg versus really focusing on the deep-rooted trauma and shame that actually caused the tip to even occur in the first place. I speak about some personal things that are going on for me and how I navigate them in a powerful way. My mentor says when it comes to relationship, the person who is resourced is most responsible. But I believe that for humans in general because I believe that when something shows up that's really activating, triggering for our nervous system, we are not in that moment resourced to support ourselves. And I'm very, very fucking aware of that. Like there's something going on in my life right now that is really creating a massive heightened triggered experience. And I don't like the way in which I'm thinking and feeling about this person and their behaviors. And so because it's so activating for me, I choose not to support myself And I reach out for support because I know that the humans in my community, my network, my coaches, my friends, they're more resourced than me to help me move through this. And I go deep into that and how this plays out in my life. I also share how this really ties into my body image. I've had so many people lately this past year really talk about my physical appearance and how much smaller I am and the lightness that they experience within me. But honestly, I really put it down to, yes, I go to boxing. Yes, I have, I work with my standards when it comes to food and fitness. But most importantly, I'm no longer eating to stuff down anything that I think and feel that I believe is ineffective or bad. I don't wrong what I think and feel. I don't judge what I think and feel. I just choose to be with what's here, bring it to the surface, give it a voice and bring it to people who I trust and love, who I know can help me move through it in a really powerful way. And by doing that, There's nothing that I need to hide, nothing I need to push away, no ineffective vice that I need to reach for, no food, no Instagram, even though Instagram's probably, if I was to say it, there's one really unhealthy vice, it's probably that, 
no alcohol, no drugs, no vape, no sex, no Tinder, no swiping, no this, no that. Because what is true for me, I give a voice to in that moment. And if it's not serving me, I ask for support. And that's how I break through and break free from any fucking thing that shows up in my life. Fam, if you fucking love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can find and connect with you. Strap yourself in, fam. It's going to be one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. I am meant to be in Byron Bay right now, but instead I am coming into you from Perth, Western Australia. I got on a last minute flight yesterday morning from the Gold Coast fam. I had completed two weeks of serving and supporting the Bridge Experience and Extreme Leadership with Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos. And I was meant to go to Byron Bay and take my laptop there, get my favorite Airbnb again and work for the next four and a half days before I fly to Sydney at the end of the week. And I just thought to myself that seven weeks away from my partner felt like a really long amount of time, especially after everything that's gone on with the house and the moves and after any amount of conflict in relationship, the way that you create a secure attachment style is through healthy repair. And so when I was feeling into the past 10 days that have been or two weeks or however long it was, I thought to myself, maybe I'll just get on a plane and go back to Jake for four and a half days before I fly out again. So I'm back in Perth. I'm currently in his kitchen. I got in my car and sped down West Coast Highway with my laptop and my mic because I was like, fuck, I owe my podcast team a podcast right now. And I was thinking about what to bring to you today. And I've also very much recognized that there is an Instagram inbox within an inbox in Instagram that I didn't even fucking know exists. (laughs) And I found it yesterday and there were so many questions and a lot of them are herpes related. And I'm going to be really, really truthful with you all. I actually made an internal commitment to myself to not go so herpes heavy on and in my content this year because it started to feel like a prison, a creativity prison that I enslaved myself to. There was this part of me that was building internalized resentment. People are saying, oh, you're the herpes girl on the internet. And I don't mind. Give me that fucking title because I think whoever talks about herpes, I do it the fucking best. I'll take it loudly and proudly for how brilliant I am at it. However, there is definitely a loud piece of me internally that was saying, I am fucking so much more than that. I serve so much deeper than just the conversation around herpes. And they don't want to take away how incredibly big, how incredibly deep, how incredibly traumatic the herpes conversation is and can be for people who are in it. But last year when I was thinking about what I want to talk about, I would have this kind of creativity block that would come up and that would say, I've got nothing to say. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to contribute. I'm feeling all of this pressure to share online or my community. Like all my friends are doing essentially what I do. So their content is like popping off, popping off, popping off, popping off. And I was thinking, I want to give my gifts. Like me saying silent isn't giving my gifts, but I don't only want to fucking talk about herpes. And then because I didn't allow space, the only thing that would come through, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I got nothing to talk about today. Let's just fucking talk about herpes again. People are going to like it. Women want to hear about it. The men want to hear about it too. Let's just fucking go. So yeah, this year I said to myself, I'm not doing that. That feels really inauthentic. It feels really like, I must contribute to the internet. Like who even fucking created that rule in the first place? Therefore, and I must contribute something that they're going to like, that they're going to engage with, that they're going to tap, comment, DM, all those things. And so that just feels icky versus I am sharing this because it's true on my heart. It's alive on my heart and I really desire to. So I'm a fuck yes to the Herbie's conversation. 
always will be for how life-changing and life-saving it is. And I'm a fuck yes to my full creativity, my full self-expression, my full spectrum human. And that encapsulates so much more than just the herpes conversation. And I also know it's kind of against my values. And we get so fixated on herpes, like herpes is a problem, herpes is a problem, herpes is a problem, that we don't get to see what's underneath. Have you ever seen a picture of an iceberg? And if you see a picture of an iceberg, the tip is like above the fucking water. The tip above the water of the iceberg is the herpes. And the deep trauma (laughs) is all the iceberg that's underneath the water. So we're focusing on the tip, but the fucking problem, the root is all the way underneath. And you know, it's beautiful that we're having this conversation right now because I obviously supported the Bridge Experience and Extreme Leadership with my mentors, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. Alexi is how I actually got into the work. And I had a full 360 moment on the weekend and I'm going to share how and why. Alexi came across my life through her motivational Facebook videos. And when her videos came up on my page, I became obsessed and addicted. I was like, who the fuck is this? And her aliveness spoke to my lack of. She reminded me of me when I was tapped in, tuned in, turned on, feeling on fire from within. And I was just obsessed. I think her thousands and thousands and thousands of views, at least half of them were me, just rewatch, replay, repeat. Like, who the fuck is this incredible woman just in her truth? in her body, the way she moved when she spoke and her hands and just, she was so in her body and in her aliveness and in her full expression that it was intoxicating to me. And she has a partner, has a husband of four children now, (laughs) Preston Smiles. I've probably spoken about him a few times in the past. And I didn't resonate with Preston at the time because I was still deeply fearful of men and had this deep hatred for them. So there was part of me that at one stage in my life would have never thought to receive mentorship and find safety with a man because that is where so much of my pain had come from. And I knew that they were bringing their workshops to Perth. This is all the way back in 2016. And by this time, I had got into personal and professional development. I'd done all the landmark and I loved it, but it still wasn't my tribe. It wasn't my soul community. I knew that I loved personal and professional development. I loved self-introspection. I was very much immersed in that world but I hadn't found my tribe yet. I knew they were coming to Perth and I'm a very much last minute ticket buyer, had not yet bought a ticket to their event. And the weekend prior to their event, fam, I'm on a party boat in Perth, Western Australia at Rottnest Island. There was some kind of festival happening at the pub there. I just want to share this story because I really believe that God sent me a human angel to nudge me onto my path. Like I knew I wanted to go to this event. I hadn't bought my ticket yet. Maybe money was a thing back then. I can't fully remember. I was working my corporate job and hadn't started my active wear. So I don't think I was like paycheck to paycheck at this stage. So I think I could have just purchased a ticket when I saw it come up on my page. I just was one of those people that decided the day before that I'm either going to get a ticket or not. And if it's sold out, well, fuck, I miss out. Anyway, I'm on this fucking party boat at the back of Rottnest Island and this other boat drives past. And I'm not very good at meters, but it was like some fucking distance away. It wasn't close, but this guy locks eyes with me and his energy locks energy with mine. And it's kind of like this moment of, and all of a sudden this guy stands up and fucking swan dives from his boat to mine. Like who does that? It wasn't close. I couldn't really see what he looked like, but I could tell that we had this kind of moment and he swims over 
He pushes himself up on the boat. He had kind of short but long hair, long enough to whip it. He whips his hair and he has this beaming smile, this like intoxicating, alive energy and these glistening eyes. And I want a presence as well. This is not the kind of guy that I'm normally attracted to. Like he's gorgeous. There's no doubt about that. But I'm kind of into a tall, big, thick, rough, like I think Jake's face is beautiful but I don't find a man that's too pretty attractive. I want rough, masculine, just like, oh, you're going to just grab me and take control over me and dominate, like that kind of man, masculine. That's what I find so hot. And he was not my type. I'm presencing that because I just want to presence how important energy is. Because this guy, once he flicks his hair, I was like, who the fuck is this? And how on God's good earth am I so drawn to you right now? And it was his energy. It was his aliveness from within. Anyway. My party boat was being boring. He was like, do you want to come to the beach party with me? I was like, sure, of course I do. Let's fucking go. We went, we had the party all day. We spent some time together that evening. And I think we caught up one or two times after. So the next time we hang out, we're at the beach across the road from my home. And we're just having a swim and a chit chat. And I'm telling him, there's this event coming to Perth this weekend. And I say, it's Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos. He goes, oh, I know them. They're fucking awesome humans. Let's fucking go. Like, we should definitely get tickets. Now, that was kind of the nudge from the universe that I needed to be like, he's really cool. He's giving me attention. I'm super scared of men. Desire validation. He's into what I'm into and he's saying we should go. So that night I went home and bought my ticket. And that's how I fucking ended up at the Bridge Experience. And I honestly, sometimes when... I don't even know. I think he might be married now. I have no idea what he's doing with his life. But sometimes when I think about human angels that have crossed my path, I also think of him, that God sent him on that boat to swim over to mine on that very day to hang out with me that one time to make sure that I got my ticket and went to that fucking workshop. Because the seed of everything that is good in my life, with the exception of my family, everything that is good in my life was planted in that workshop. And that was in 2016. And I really wanted to bring that up because, again, the herpes is the tip of the iceberg, but we can often feel like when we're in the shame of it, that the tip of the iceberg is the whole iceberg. And so when I went to these workshops, I was in so much pain, in so much deep, deep shame. And I was so fearful as if I didn't tell anyone in these workshops. I didn't tell Preston for years about the herpes thing because I was like, there's no fucking way that I'm going to go to a workshop in the same state that I live in with people who also live in the same state that I do and say the thing that I'm most afraid to say because those people know other people in Perth. And it's so funny what our egos do. Like, oh my God, I'm the most important person at the workshop that everyone else isn't facing off with their own deep shame, pain and trauma, that they're going to be so worried that Beck Antonucci is going to stand up and be like, hey, I have herpes. And then they're going to go and tell the rest of Perth. That's how me-centric we are. But as humans, that's how me-centric our false self is. And when I say me-centric, it's kind of like if you and your friends go and take a group photo with 15 of you, who is the first person that you go to look at in that photo? You don't look at the entire group. You're like, do I look good? That is literally the false self. (laughs) Am I going to go to the workshop and everyone in the workshop that's dealing with their own deep stuff, are they going to care about my journey so much so that they're going to tell everyone else what came up for me? It's so interesting as humans that we do that. That makes no logical sense. I think any person investing in themselves to attend a workshop to face off with their own internal pain, shames, demons, masks, facades, they're fucking there for them and probably don't give two shits about your herpes diagnosis, Rebecca Antonucci. 
Honestly, I can literally laugh at how funny our egos are that we can create such a story that everyone's going to really fucking care. I know I'm going a little bit off track right now, but even when I finally did my Facebook Live to let the world know that I have herpes, it got a response. It really did. But I honestly thought that like doves were going to fall out of the sky. Angels were going to come. Like from that moment, everything would have been different. And it was just kind of like, oh, it's done now. And I said to my friend Tracy, I was like, like, I thought this thing was going to get millions of views and all the stuff. Not that many people care. And she's like, no, Tracy's like my best friend and my lead coach for true transformation on my program. She's like, no, you care. Like, it doesn't mean anything to me. I was like, for fuck's sake, everyone was meant to care about this. (laughs) No, Rebecca, it's just you that really cares. Everyone else will be like, it's really beautiful that you felt safe to share that with me. And I respect that this is really vulnerable for you, but it's not a big deal. And the whole world isn't going to stop and take a breath to acknowledge you for your Facebook live video right now. Honestly, <laughs> my ego just cracks me up. But the reason that I want to presence that again is, like I said, bridge experience and the support crew, we're called the guardians. We kind of speak about life pre-bridge experience and life post-bridge experience and that they're two entirely different lives. And honestly, everything that is good except for my family, the seed of all of that was planted in these workshops. They may be tentatively coming back again in January, fam. So if they fucking do, I will definitely tell you. And you want to make sure that you get your butt into those rooms for fucking sure. I'm even traveling to Austin in less than two weeks to support it over there. That's how tapped in, aligned that I feel when I'm in those rooms. But it's funny, when I entered those rooms, I thought of herpes as the entire iceberg. I didn't think of it as the tip. And I was so scared to share the tip because there was so much shame that existed for me around the tip. Like, what will people think? The whole world's going to care. The whole world's going to hate me. The whole world's going to judge me. No man will ever love me. No man will ever choose me. I'm disgusting. I'm ugly. My ex-boyfriend, I can never have him find this thing out about me because he will judge me and shame me. And all I ever wanted was for him to be proud of me. And he's going to point the finger. I just had so much story attached. My family are going to be embarrassed and I can never share the tip. But I didn't realize it was a tip. I thought it was the whole thing. And so in these workshops, I would go into like, oh, I was bullied by women and I had an eating disorder. And truthfully, that was the entire iceberg and the tip was herpes. But I was focused on herpes being the entire fucking thing. And so when I finally was able to break free from the tip of the iceberg, what truly emerged was everything that brought herpes into my life. So I just want to share that with you now to let you know that I was avoiding the herpes conversation for so long and I was presenting what I thought was surface level. I didn't find it humiliating or embarrassing to say, oh, I was bullied by women to the point of attempted suicide. Oh, I've experienced severe disordered eating for 10 plus years and I hate food and I feel like food is here to ruin me and I kind of just wish that I was a drug addict or an alcoholic because at least then I could just say no to drugs and alcohol, but food I've got to fucking eat. And I don't know how to be with it. I don't know how to create a relationship with it. And it's all I think about. It's funny when I think about the food thing and how much it really did consume me because like I said, herpes tip of the iceberg, everything else (laughs) is the base of it. I need to find a fucking photo so that you can see what I'm talking about. You need to Google it right now because I'm not going to post it on my grid. That would look really ugly. Or maybe I'll just do that today because who needs pretty grid on Instagram? I don't even think my grid is pretty. It's just mostly podcast stuff at the moment, but fan. When I was talking about disordered eating and over the weekend, so many people have said to me, you look so different. You're so small. You're so slim. You're so slender. You've lost so much weight. You're tiny. It's funny. I don't eat that much anymore. Like food is like my favorite thing. 
But I used to have this insatiable hunger, this insatiable appetite that even if I ate healthy, I was actually eating at some points in time a lot of food because I had so many emotions and so many experiences and so much shame that I was scared to give a voice to that I'm certain that I was eating and stuffing it down, eating and stuffing it down because I couldn't be with the ineffective thoughts that were showing up for me. Now, and this is post-bridge experience, because I have the courage to give what's true to me, for me, an actual voice, whatever shows up, I present and I share. So to give some context, everything that showed up in the move with Jake and the house and how upset I was, I brought that to all of my friendship circle. There was no hiding anything that showed up for me. Right now, there is someone in my life that is a massive trigger for me, that's causing a lot of discomfort internally and within my thoughts and in my energetic body. And there's a lot of my shadow aspect of self showing up, a lot of spiteful thoughts, a lot of hurtful thoughts, and a lot of thoughts that I would have previously wronged. Now, what do I do with that? I know that this person has showed up to be a challenger in my life. I'm taking him out of the drama triangle because Preston said on the weekend, anytime that you put anyone in the drama triangle, everyone is fucked. And I'm changing the narrative to I'm the author of my life and this person has showed up to challenge me so that I can transcend whatever wound this is that's being activated right now. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of context around what's showing up, but what is showing up in the face of this shadow is me coming to my mentors and my community and saying, this is what's happened. This is the story that I have created about it. And these are all of my thoughts that are showing up, the good the bad, the shadow, the ugly, the spiteful. This is what's here for me. It doesn't feel very good for me to think and feel this way, but this is my truth right now. Can you help me? And honestly, fam, I really believe that this is such a key to me moving through what I'm navigating right now because I'm not pushing it down. Be like, oh, can't share that part. It's a bit embarrassing. Oh, can't share that part. It's a bit too much. Oh, can't share that part. It's not socially acceptable or it's rude or it's angry or it's aggressive or it's just drenched in so much spite and hatred. Oh, can't share that. I'm like, no, I'm fucking angry. This is my story about what's happened and this is how I fucking feel right now. Help me be with this so that I can move through it in a healthy way that supports me for the long term. The other thing that I want to share on that one is that I'm not rushing being with what's here. This is a massive trigger for me. Like It's so activated in my entire body where I look at this person with a lot of disgust and hatred for who they are, who they be, their character traits. And I see them as a very flawed human. And that's my truth. And what's interesting is that I use the word disgust to describe their behavior. And what I find very interesting about that, when someone has really hurt me, I always use the word, I'm disgusted. And what's fascinating about that is when I was bullied by girls as a teenager, the words that they used to describe me was, you're disgusting. And I just find that really interesting that I'm not intentional or conscious about my choice of word. But remember, we are linguistic beings. And when someone hurts and harms me emotionally, the word that I use to describe them and their behavior is disgust or disgusting. Just interesting. And so this is who I've allowed myself to become post 
bridge experience all those years ago. It wasn't a rip of the band-aid and my life just magically transformed overnight. No, it's 2023 now. My life has been changing for the past seven fucking years. But what these workshops created was an opening within me to start to share my full truth and not hold it within. And that's honestly been such a key piece to me healing and moving through disordered eating. And for so many people to say now, you're so light, you're so small. It's not about the size of my body, but I just want to let you know that there isn't a compulsive desire to eat and reach for food. When I move my body, I move from, I don't want to say aliveness because that's actually what I'm moving into, but vibrancy, energy. There's so much energy in my body because there's not emotional weight or the weight of food and physical body holding me down because whatever is here, whatever I am conscious about, whatever doesn't feel good within me, I'm bringing it up and I'm not doing it on my own. I'm literally handing it to my community, handing it to my support network, handing it to Tracy, handing it to Miriam, who are two of my best friends, handing it to my coaches and my mentors and saying, this is here. It doesn't feel good inside of me. And I don't know how to be with this by myself. You right now are more resource than me because even though I'm resource when it comes to my clients, it's because I'm emotionally unattached to their lives and you're emotionally unattached to mine, but I'm very fucking attached to what's going on in my world right here, right now. So I am not the person to support myself to move through this. This is what it is. Please support me. That is really how I believe I have really transcended so much the past seven years, when it comes to business, when it comes to money, when it comes to conflict, when it comes to relationship, when it comes to sex, when it comes to my eating disorder that I used to have, when it comes to body image, body dysmorphia that I used to have, when it comes to herpes shame, it would literally be like, this is here and I'm presenting it to you on a plate. I have done so much study up until now and I don't truly know how to be with this because it's so charged and alive within me. You are resourced and you're also unattached to my life please help me. Life-changing. And so one thing that I did want to touch on before we wrap up is the herpes conversation because I tried to record this podcast for you all yesterday. Literally, I woke up at 4am, left my Airbnb in Gold Coast, got to Surface Paradise, got on the connecting flight in Sydney, got home at 2pm Perth time, promised Jake that I would skip the gym and we would be together as of 6pm at his. And I was like, I've still got a podcast to record. And so I opened up my laptop in the spare room of my parents' house and I was trying and trying and trying. And it just wasn't fully landing for me what I desired to share. I was trying to give the story around bridge and herpes and I was trying to describe who I used to be prior to the bridge experience seven years ago. And it was so hard for me to connect with her because she just doesn't fucking exist anymore. I cannot connect with her pain anymore. She's just not alive within me. There's different things that are showing up now for me to be with, more things around relationship, more things around connecting with my desire, my aliveness and living from that place rather than survival, more things around communicating from grace. That's something that I'm personally working on in my life. I'm a really assertive communicator, direct communicator, but what I'm really desiring and what I'm leaning into and what I'm personally working on is holding myself in grace energy so that When things show up that don't align with me and my values and my truth, and when people act or behave in a way that, again, doesn't align with me and my values and my truth, that I'm able to not go into judgment, that I'm able to see that person for the beautiful human that they are with their own personal set of rules, standards, boundaries, values for their own life, which potentially don't match and align with mine, and also understand that unspoken expectations, standards, and boundaries can never be met. And really 
allow myself to be able to have courageous conversations from a place of grace because I really did recognize the past 12 months of my life where so many standards, boundaries, values were not met and a lot of them potentially very, very unspoken. And when I then lent in to have the conversation, it wasn't done from grace. And there was also a part of me that felt that some people get to be better. Like I have this very big story around if anyone wants to be a leader in this kind of community, supporting other humans to rise, then you absolutely have to rise to the occasion. I'm not going to hold anyone in their victim or their smaller self. And so when someone doesn't treat me the way that I believe that I deserve and they want to be a leader in this community, there's a lot of internalized judgment from me. And so what I'm noticing in that is there's no space for grace when judgment is already in my space. So that's really what I've been working on. And so when I was trying to explain yesterday, when I was trying to record this podcast, the pre-existing version of me, it was just so super fucking difficult because I just don't resonate with her. I can feel it when other women bring it to me, but I can't even think about the intense, all-consuming pain and shame of the herpes virus because I'm so free in that expression now. I'm just like, oh my fucking God, it's literally nothing. Like When I see people making big deals about it on the internet, I'm like, are we all just moving on from this now? Didn't I annihilate stigma like three years ago? Are we not all over this? Oh no, no, it's still a thing. Herpes stigma and shame is still a thing. I've forgotten. It's not even in my space to resonate with it until other women bring it to me. But something that did show up was a private message from a woman. I did share it anonymously online a few weeks ago. I'll put the link in my show notes and you can see it on my grid. And actually, I'm going to read it to you right now because minus the conversation around children, this really lands if you're in it or you've moved through it. Really, the initial thoughts, feelings that can occur within a woman and or a man when the herpes virus shows up in your life. And this woman wrote, I was just diagnosed today with HSV2, but I've known for weeks, if not longer, if, hear this fam, if I was not a single parent and I didn't know that my sons fully depend on me, there is no doubt in my mind I would not be here right now. At 42 years old, I have been through some shit, but I've never felt so broken and so disappointed in myself. I shared that anonymously. No word of a lie. Every single day I get messages from women and men who say, I feel or did feel the exact same that I wanted to take my life because of this thing. And so yesterday I tried to record this podcast tuning into the version of me that I used to be, but I can't resonate with her anymore. But that message minus the conversation around children because I do not have them yet really encapsulates exactly how so many of us felt. I did not want to be on this planet because of that thing, because of the shame attached to that diagnosis. That's how painful it was. So my life pre-bridge experience was thinking that the tip of the iceberg was the whole iceberg. My life after bridge experience allowed me to see that herpes was just the tip. And once I fucking knocked that off, I was able to actually be with what was really here. And what was really here for me was I was bullied by women and I've suffered with severe disordered eating for 10 plus years. And I used that as a front to avoid facing off with the tip. But now that the tip is removed, that's actually my pain. Fear of rejection from women, fear of not belonging, fear of not being good enough, thinking that I have to change who I am to be accepted, liked, loved in this world, fear of not using my voice, fear of being too much, 
fear of speaking my truth. And what was such a key piece to my healing? Speaking my truth, sharing, oh my God, some person has shown up in my life right now and who he represents is incredibly activating and triggering for me. I have in my mind put him in the drama triangle. He is a villain. In my world, he is bad, awful, disgusting. I hate him. Please help me so that I can move through this in a graceful way. The one thing that I want to presence is that workshop was seven years ago. I didn't rip the band-aid and just, oh my God, my life changed in two seconds. It's taken me seven years to heal from disorder, like seven years from then. And I had been working on this for a lot of time prior, seven years to start my business. I started another business and it failed, but at least I started a company. I had a fucking warehouse over in China. I had active wear, a business partner, all the things I've gone through so much in seven years, but it's seven years. And I really want to presence that because this thing that's showing up, this dynamic with this person, when I'm working on it right now and what's showing up for me, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm not trying to rip the band-aid and get over it. I'm honoring what's true for me is that this is obviously a deep core wound with salt really rubbed on it for it to be so alive within me. I don't want to just rip it and move on. I'm here to really look at it, truly excavate it, be with everything that's showing up for me so that it doesn't need to keep recycling and repeating for all the years to come. Remember, seven years for me to get to where I am right now, not a rip of a Band-Aid and all of a sudden my life's entirely transformed. And not saying that can't happen, but they say transformation doesn't take time, it takes courage. But also, I would love for women to play in the world of not reality, but just not placing so much pressure and expectation on yourself that you need to be somewhere faster than what you currently are. There's nowhere that you need to go quickly. And sometimes the rushing comes from a deep sense of proving and that can really fuck you up. And I know that we've had these conversations in the past, even around that unaligned business mentor. Anytime I've tried to rush to get results, just like my disordered eating when I was young, I wanted a six pack in six weeks. I'd rush for six weeks, end up 10 steps behind. Rush for 12 weeks, end up 10 steps behind. Rush and back, rush and back. And the back started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until I decided slow, one foot, in front of the other. One foot in front of the other wins the race. Consistency creates excellence. Life is a fucking marathon, not a sprint. And anyone going hard and fast, you're going to fucking burn yourself out. Fam, it has been so fucking brilliant sharing this past two weekends with you. I hope through my honest share, you're able to speak more of your truth, live more with courage, and intentionally place yourself in communities that allow you to thrive so that you can receive support, mentorship, love, and guidance and really bring to the surface everything that's here for you. Remember, the person who is most resourced is most responsible and the things that are really alive and active within you that you're feeling all kinds of feelings around, you're probably not the most resourced person to support yourself through that thing. That's why the best coaches have coaches. That's why the fucking basketball players have coaches. Is the basketball player a better player than the fucking coach? Absolutely. But do they still have coaches? Yes. Why? Preston said this on the weekend. We have people to see our blind spots. We cannot coach ourselves through our own life. Please, fam, if you got anything out of today, challenge yourself to go to a workshop, an event, a womb healing, a fucking pussy circle, a vulva photo shoot, 
a transformational workshop, a money mindset day event, an ice bath event, my limiting belief breakthrough. I'm going to bring another one back to Perth in May. Something to get you in community with other like-minded people so that you can bring to the surface. The thing that you're afraid to say is the fucking path to your healing. Your freedom is in that cave that you fear to enter. And the cave that you fear to enter is actually you using your voice around the thing that you're most afraid to fucking say. Do not rob yourself of the experience of freedom. You saying small, silence, and suppress is doing a service to no one except for your small, wounded ego who is such a fucking liar. Liar like mine who said, once you speak about this bullshit on the internet, everyone in the fucking world's going to care. Well, guess what? Some people really do and most people don't because guess the fuck what? People are me-centric and worried about their own lives. Your herpes shame is only important to you and you alone. And the only person who can shame you for your experience is yourself. The only person who can judge you for your experience is yourself. And once shame and internalized judgment no longer exist, the world cannot reflect that back. Because if there is no truth, there can be no trigger. Someone could say to me right now, you're fucking disgusting. You test positive for herpes. Talk about herpes on the internet. You disgust me. How gross. You fucked up your life. And I'd be like, so interesting that you think and feel that way. I don't think and feel that way. That's not true for me. There is no truth. It's like calling me blonde. I'm not blonde. So you could yell at me all day long. You're blonde. You're blonde. You're blonde. You're blonde. And I'd be like, you're blind. You're blind. You're blind. You're blind. If there is no truth internally for you there can be no trigger no one can shame you unless you shame you no one can judge you unless you judge you and the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you most seek and the cave is your voice activation around the thing that you're most afraid to say fam let's fucking go i love that what an episode if you loved it please please screenshot it share it to your story tag me so that i can connect with you and share it as well You're fucking amazing. Can't wait to see you next week. What an episode from Jake's Kitchen. Fucking nailed it. Did it. Mic drop. See you on the other side. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.